Vasudevasutam devam Tansujanuramardanam Devaki paramarandam Krishnam vannev jagatguram Hi and welcome to Season 2 of Gita Girl. My name is Shirmila and the Gita Girl podcast is about how to live skillfully and be the best version of yourself by using the advice in the Bhagavad Gita. Jaisi Krishna Shaila. Jaisi Krishna Sharmila, are you ready to record our last podcast of the season? I am. Season two has been very well received. We've been getting some great feedback. And as our listeners know, it's been all about karma, what it is, how the system works, and how to act better, thereby creating better karmic consequences and a better life for ourselves. Since today is the last episode, I'd like to address a common misconception. Most people think that your karmic account is between you and another person, sort of a tit-for-tat mentality. Absolutely. Actually, according to the Gita, that is completely incorrect. Your karmic account is between you and the universe. It's got nothing to do with anybody else. I think this is going to be a disappointment for people. I think, <laughs> I think we'd like to think that you can exact revenge upon somebody who's done something wrong to you or you want to see something bad happen to that person. And I know we're going to talk about it more in this episode, but none of those things are things that you should wish for or want for or try to make happen um, because all of those things are going to put you in a big karmic pit. Exactly. I'll give you an example. We all think that karma is tit for tat. If I do something good for you, Shayla, I think you owe me something. Of course. Of course, right? And if you do something bad to me, Shayla, I think I'm perfectly justified to repay you with some form of nastiness. And your friends will cheer you on and you feel like you will feel better for it and you spend a lot of mental energy plotting and thinking about it. Yes, absolutely. I think it is a very common thought to think that if someone has done you wrong, that you can pay them back. And and you're justified, right? You're right. completely you're justified. Totally justified. Right. But actually, that kind of thinking is a recipe for disaster. I think it's one of the biggest pitfalls which we fall into. This kind of thinking is only detrimental to our actions, our behavior, and our karmic consequences. I know that's a tough sell because this is what we have all been thinking for ages, forever, right? The best movie plots are based on it. <laughs> Absolutely. And they're a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but today we're going to disprove that. We're going to discuss why this kind of thinking is a huge pitfall to your karmic consequences and your actions and what the alternative is. The alternative is actually so, so, so much better because Krishna always gives us a better way of being. That's why we have this podcast and why we read the Gita and why our listeners are with us today. We're going to check out what Lord Krishna says to us and thinks about all of this. Here we go. You ready? Ready. Okay. Like I said earlier, if I help you when you're in need, Shayla, the expectation is there that the next time I need something, 
you should actually help me. Correct? Yes, I feel like that's part of the social contract in a community, right? And among friends. And if you don't help me, then I get resentful and angry with you. The contract is null and void. And I feel that you have wronged me. And in some way, I am justified in getting you back for that wrong. Yes, I feel betrayed. I did something kind for you. And it is absolutely only fair that you should repay me in kind. Correct. Absolutely. But how many times has it happened that when you need something, Shayla, and if the help doesn't come from who you expected it to, the help does come, but from a completely unexpected source. It's true. It's true. When you least expect it, you receive the help, not necessarily from the source that it was expected to come from. All the time, right? This happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. So the good karma you did by helping somebody else, it did come back to you in some form. The universe somehow conspired that you did a good, and so good comes back to you. But we still hold on to the grudge that it didn't come back from where we expected it to come. It came from somebody else completely different. But don't you still hold a grudge towards the person that you helped who didn't help you? Yes, we have this ledger in our head, right? This sort of friendship balance. And you feel like it's a little bit out of whack. Like you think there's a couple of checks in the box for what I've done for you. And there has not been an equal exchange of something positive, help, friendship, whatever I need. Right. And we don't focus that I needed help, that help came to me. Thank you, universe. All we're focused on is that if I'm person A, person B didn't help me. That's the focus, right? That resentment, that anger, that festering. So then we feel justified to be mean to that person But our karmic account is already finished. It was between us and the universe. I did something good to person B. I needed something. The universe gave it back to me. Now I've gotten the reward of what I did, that good karma. But I still feel justified in being bad to person B. So then I'm bad to person B. I'm only creating negative karma. What the hell? (laughs) I know. Absolutely. You're creating negative karma for you. And so you put your own karmic account. In debt, right? Exactly. Exactly. So I did something good. Something good happened to me, but I'm still bad to that person. Now I'm in debt. So the net result was I'm in debt. I'll give you a real life example. Charity. You know, one of these adopt a child programs. Right. I adopt a child, not in actuality, but, you know, you donate money for their food and clothing for however many years, a year, two years, three years, whatever program you've signed up for. Right. So I've done that. Do I expect that child who I've essentially clothed and fed for however many years, do I expect them to grow up, get on a plane, come to New York and look after me in my old age? You would never expect that. But why? Because I've done it. This charity I've done is in the spirit of service, of shava, 
Right. You did it because you wanted to, because it was the right thing to do without any expectation of receiving anything in return. It was just purely your own action. And in Hinduism, a lot of times we do charity for our good karma. Let's face it. We also do it thinking, oh, this is a good thing. And the good karmic consequence will come to me. That's our thinking. Yeah. So Lord Krishna says in chapter 3, verses 10 to 16, he says that this spirit of service, Shiva, should permeate every one of our actions. That what we do, we do actually for ourselves, our karmic account, we're doing for the welfare of all, we do for the universe. Without that expectation of something coming back from that particular person, he says, in this way, you won't incur sin. You had mentioned this really great thing in one of our adult Gita classes about how we should think of all of our action as doing it for our boss and that boss being Krishna. Just think of Krishna as your CEO and that's who you're doing service for. You're not doing it for that friend. You're not necessarily doing it for your child. You're not doing it for your spouse. You're not doing it for your community member. I mean, you're doing kind things, of course, right? Like you're doing good actions, but you're doing it in service of something bigger than you. And a concrete way to think of it is you're doing it for Krishna. You're doing it for a higher power, whatever you think that higher power is. That I think about it all the time. And I think there's there's a real freedom to it because it really does help you in terms of your expectations. Like I don't expect anything in return. My salary (laughs) is being paid to me from my CEO, Krishna, the CEO going into my karmic bank account. That's the salary that I'm receiving. And it's without any expectation of anything in return from the people that I'm doing those positive actions for. Does that make me not feel resentful sometimes? Absolutely not. I've got a ways to go, but it does help to have that sort of reminder. And that's been really helpful for me. Just think of it as Krishna is the big boss, capital B, capital B. And he says in this way, you won't incur sin because none of that expectation, resentment, anger, nastiness, okay? And we're all human in that there is some self-motive, right? I mean, at least there is for me at the level I am in. Yes, Um, yes. He also goes on to say, make no mistake, no effort is ever wasted. The fruits will come. The reward will come. He says, relax. It will come just not in the way you have decided from who you want it, in the time you want it, in the manner you want it, in exactly the way you think it should happen. He says, let me do all of that. I'll take care of it. Leave it to me. Just do your duty, do your dharma, do the right thing, knowing that I've got you. I've got your back. Right. Right. The rewards that you reap may not be the ones that you expect or from the people that you would like for it to come, but don't worry about it. Don't worry about that. It'll come. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Don't worry about that. Thank you. Don't think that you're going to get that. Thanks. Don't think that you're going to get an immediate reward from somebody. You're going to get a pat on your back or whatever. Divorce yourself of that expectation and just know that there is a karmic reward and you don't know when you'll get that but it will be there. Absolutely. And that's very freeing because 
karmic account is so complex, it can't be deciphered. It's a futile effort. We're all trapped in our own misconceptions and miscalculations of karma, which creates more negative karma. It's a waste of time. That's right. You're wondering, when are they going to get theirs? When am I going to get mine? And it's a waste of energy. And it's energy that honestly, like you should be spending figuring out how you're going to, as we've said before, do your best. There's a lot of effort and research and thoughtfulness that needs to go into doing the most correct action. If you spend your time thinking about that, you won't have time to do the mental gymnastics required to think about all the web of karma that you or someone else has created. Exactly. It's hard. It's hard. Now, so that's if you've done something good. The good will come back to you. No worries. Now, a bit more messy. Someone has done something bad to you humiliated you in public or said something or done something or cyber bullied you or stolen your idea at work or in some way betrayed you. And it is objectively a harmful thing they've done to you. Okay. So the first time you get the chance to do something bad to them, you take it. And like we said, your friends are cheering you on and it's considered a good thing. Get Plot line. Revenge. revenge, right? Plot line of a lot of good movies. But what if that initial reaction, what they did to you, that negativity was you experiencing some form of karmic debt? What if that was actually your burden to be on the receiving end of some sort of negativity. What if that was your karmic debt coming to fruition? Now, you've received that negativity, and now the karmic debt is over. You've in the past been maybe nasty to this person 10 years ago, but you don't remember because we never remember when we've hurt somebody. We only remember when somebody's hurt us. Or what if I have done some other bad deed? to somebody else. And now this person has come and been negative with me in some way, shape, or form, or hurt me. And now my karma is clean. It's a zero-sum game. I was negative with somebody, or I did something bad. This person was bad to me, out of the blue. But now I'm thinking they've done something bad to me. And now my focus is on how am I going to exact revenge on them? And moving forward, the first opportunity I get, I'm mean to them. Again, I'm creating bad karma for myself. That's right. And I think it's important to note here also that this doesn't mean, even if you are paying off a karmic debt from your past, a past life, even in this life, we've talked about the different types of karma. This doesn't mean that you need to be a passive recipient of someone treating you poorly. That's not what we're saying here, that you have to say, oh, I'm going to accept this as my fate. I deserve this. So I'm going to just accept this bad behavior. What we're saying is how you choose to react to that behavior has important karmic consequences. And so if you choose to have that person not be part of your life anymore, that's positive, potentially. If you choose to 
talk to that person if that's an option you have and reason with them then that then that's has potential positive karma it's it's really the negative reaction and the anger or the the lashing out it's that kind of behavior that's going to incur the negative karma but i think we really want to stress that you shouldn't have a victim mentality and think oh i deserve this because of my past i think this is a common thing that that people attribute to Hinduism that, oh, it's your karma. That means just accept it and roll over. No, but you, you have a choice to make. You just have to make the right one given whatever circumstance and resources you have. Lashing out, exacting that revenge, being mean is very different than protecting yourself. Yes, 100%. This is a theory you and I are talking about. Let's talk about the verses in the Gita that show that even in this way, Lord Krishna has our back, okay? We all know that the Gita is a conversation between Arjun and Krishna when Arjun actually is a warrior and had to fight in battle and destroy his criminal murderous cousins. He didn't want to do it. He said, no, I don't want to do it. Forget it. And Krishna said to him, you must, because it's your duty. It's not your duty just to protect yourself and your family. You are the upholder of peace and righteousness. You are the judge and jury. This is your duty. You must go to battle with them. That's not to say that we, who are not the judge, I mean, I'm not a judge. I've been called for jury duty, but I wasn't selected. (laughs) Thank you. But, (laughs) but, you have to think, what is my duty here? Is my duty to exact revenge on that person? Usually, no. And I'll tell you why. In the Gita, in chapter 11, Lord Krishna shows his true form to Arjun. It's a whole chapter. It's called the Vishwarupa, his true godlike form, Krishna reveals to Arjun. And Krishna, his form grows and Arjun sees him in all his incredible, huge, blazing glory with all the gods and all the planetary systems and all the universe and the sun and the moon and the stars shining from him. And then this vision turns dark where Krishna shows now his destructive form with thousands of heads, with gnashing teeth and long fingernails and black clouds. It's petrifying. And as his mouths open, Arjun sees, and again, remember, this is before the war has even taken place, right on the precipice of the war taking place. Arjun sees his cousins, who he's supposed to fight and kill. He sees them in this vision that Krishna is showing him. He sees them of their own accord, rushing headlong into Krishna's enormous fanged mouths. And not only are they rushing, they're jumping into his mouth and smashing their heads on the fangs of Lord Krishna's teeth. And it's this terrifying image of these people like smashing their heads and their bodies into, they cannot rush quick enough to their own death and destruction. As it's described in the Gita, The wording is, as moths rush with great speed into the blazing fire for destruction, so too all these people 
entered Krishna's mouth for destruction. And Arjun totally freaked out and asked Krishna, he said, okay, I've seen this Vishwarupa of yours. Thank you very much. Very nice. Very awful. Um, can you please explain to me, come back into your normal form because I'm having a freak out. <laughs> what? What are you doing? What are you doing? What does it mean that these people who I'm supposed to kill are now rushing into your mouth for their own destruction? And Lord Krishna says in chapter 11, especially in the verses 32 to 34, he goes, listen, I'm showing you their future because of their karma and because of the misdeeds and the murderous actions they have done. Their fate has already been sealed. I've got it. I am the destroyer and the fruits of their karma, their own destruction is already there. All you have to do is be an instrument and do your duty. But actually they are creating their own karma. It's done. He's like, this is a done deal. The question is, you have to now do your duty. And the same way he tells Arjun, he tells us, figure out what your duty is, which in Arjun's case was to fight. But in our case, figure out what our duty is in the moment and do it. Don't worry about the retribution. It's not yours to give. That's right. Every one of us will face our own karmic consequences, good or bad. And you just worry about your own because you have no idea what millennia of karma that other person has collected and what they're going to pay for, what they're not going to pay for. You don't know what's in their karmic balance. No idea. Don't worry about it. You do exactly like he said, Arjun, you have a dharma. You have your duty to do here. You are supposed to fight this war because you're on the side of right. You're on the side of righteousness. And this is what you're supposed to do. Their karma has already been set by their own actions. Like you said, Krishna was like, I got this. I've taken care of it. The only thing you can do is your own duty. And so for us, you say this all the time, when we're talking about Arjun and the Gita, Arjun represents all of us. And what Krishna is telling us, the only thing that you can worry about is your own duty. So just make sure that every choice that you make and every action that you create is moving you in the right direction karmically. That's the only thing that you have in your control. You can't worry about anything else. Exactly. And for me, this is very freeing. Yes. And this frees us from, again, the calculations and miscalculations about other people. It frees you from worrying about them and figuring out what you're going to do to pay them back. It frees you from holding on to resentment. My husband says, I have such a great memory for the people who have wronged me. He's like, oh, Lord, here we go again. Um, it's allowed me to more easily forgive and move on and focus on my own actions and my own karma and not the actions and karma of others. It's a gift. It really is. You don't have to spend your time and energy plotting against someone else. As much satisfaction as you think that'll bring, it's much greater satisfaction for you to have positive karma and also, that is also a karma, that satisfaction. It's happened to me where I've seen it. And as much as I've been like, yay, a little bit, I feel dirty at being happy for somebody else's unhappiness. It's true. And that that sort of karmic boomerang just comes back at you, right? Like that negative, it hits you again. 
Exactly. And this is freeing. This is freeing for you to be your best self. Because what's the alternative? The alternative is to fester and ruminate in negativity and then to lash out and create bad karma. That's the alternative. Absolutely. And I have a great story for that. So a very close family member who shall remain nameless. No, tell <laughs> us the name. Tell us the name. We want name. We want name. <laughs> um, so <laughs> this person was in a pretty bad relationship and got out of the relationship, but has held on to the anger about what has happened to them for years, years, talks about it frequently, ruminates on it frequently, dissects it constantly, like every little situation that happened, every word that was said, every action that was done against this person just thinks about it all the time. And honestly, that other person has no idea. That other person has no no clue that she's talking about them. No clue. And the only person it has been hurting this whole time, that anger and that holding on to that resentment and the act of not being able to let it go is her. She's the only person who is suffering as a consequence because of all this mental anguish, because of this inability to let it go. Is it easy to let it go? No, absolutely not. You do want to see something bad happen to someone that has upset you, you know, it's frustrating to see them move on with their life. And from your perspective, not get their just rewards, right? Like not see them suffer for all they've done to you. Like it's frustrating Mm -hmm. and it fills you with anger. But the thing is, is that she doesn't really have any idea what's going to happen to that person. She has no idea what they're going to face on down the line. And so this thinking about why isn't something bad happening to them? Why are they living their life and still getting the things that they want? Like that anger is really only hurting her. And it's preventing her from moving on with her life now and enjoying. 100%. And it's led to frustration with other people to your point. Like you were saying that when you hold on to that anger, you lash out at other people. That's absolutely happened because an angry person behaves in angry ways towards other people who hurt others. And it's hard to even say how you can let anger go. That's for maybe another podcast. You have to therapy. There's a lot of different things that you can do to let anger go. But I think the lesson here is that you have to do it because the only person that she is hurting is herself. That person is skipping along in life. But if you could understand that that person will face the karmic consequences of their action at some point that you may not see, then that should give you the power to let go. Say, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to think about why they're living a life that I think is great and fantastic and positive. No, don't even worry about it. You just focus on you. You've already let that person out of your life. Just let it go. Let go of that anger. Let go of that disappointment. Let go of that frustration and move forward. But I think it's a really good example of how when we hold on to things, we're the only people that suffer. And also the karmic hit that you take from wanting that person to suffer and the karmic hit you take from being angry and showing that anger towards others or being hurt and therefore hurting others. Those are all 
negative consequences that you're collecting because you can't let go of this feeling towards another person. I agree with you. And it's important to know that karma never loses an address. There's no absolution. Forgiveness is not about absolving what they did. Forgiveness is about moving on in peace. It's for you. And it's really hard to do when you're in the situation. Right. But when you've extricated yourself from the situation, which it sounds like this relative of yours did, Shayla, what else is there to do now except fester? That's right. You've extricated yourself. Now go enjoy. That's right. Be happy. The other day I was listening to a conversation between Deepak Chopra and Sadhguru, both of whom are very Mm. respected. If you haven't heard of them already, they're very respected, what I call teleswamis, you know? (laughs) Um, Spiritual leaders, yes. Spiritual leaders, right. And Sadhguru said that someone else is bad karma. If you start holding on to it and engaging in it, it now becomes yours. Mm. That's so powerful. I love that. He said, as soon as you start talking about it and engaging in somebody else's bad karma, it then becomes yours. He said, karma is all about you. Don't get entangled with somebody else's karma. I love that. I thought that was great. Karma means action. Focus on you and your actions alone. That's it. When I was thinking about this, when you had talked to me about that talk before, it kind of helped me to sort of picture four quadrants of karmic action. You have four sort of broad choices of behavior when you're faced with a difficult situation. You can take action with positive karmic consequences. You can take action with negative karmic consequences. You can take inaction with positive karmic consequences, right? Like action doesn't always mean that you have to engage in that situation. And you can also take inaction with negative karmic consequences. And when I say that, I mean that if you don't actively act, but you have negative thoughts in your head, I think we have to remember that karma is not just the things that you do. It's also the words that you say and the thoughts that you have. And so if you choose not to act, but you're constantly thinking negative thoughts about that person, that has negative karmic consequences. It helps me to think about things in that way. You have these sort of four broad choices. Well said, Shayla. And ultimately, the crux of today's podcast is that your karma is between you and the universe. It's not between you and another person. So forgive, let go of ill will, and be secure in the knowledge that everyone is creating their own karma, good or bad, as are we. So do your duty in every situation, channel your energy into figuring out what the right thing to do is, and then do it. Anger, resentment, festering is just a waste of time and energy, and it'll only hurt you. And lashing out at other people, exacting revenge, that's not your dharma. And thinking it is, is really one of the biggest pitfalls to creating a better destiny for yourself. Just let it go safe in the knowledge that Krishna's got this. That's right. The universe is going to take care of it, good or bad, positive or negative. The universe has got it and got you. That's it. Let go and let God. Mm. Mic drop. Yeah. Okay, so that was our 
last episode in season two. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And thank you for giving us this opportunity to learn alongside you and evolve with you. Lord Krishna says that progress comes little by little through practice and patience. So keep practicing, everyone. Remember, it's a practice, not a perfect. Keep chipping away at it. And we look forward to continuing our journey together in season three of Gita Girl, which will launch in the fall. That's right. In the meantime, please check us out on Instagram and on Facebook at Gita Girl. You can always check out our website at geetthegirl.com and you can email us any of your questions or feedback at geetthegirl at yahoo.com. We really love to hear from you. Any questions you have, any ideas that you have about future episodes, we definitely take all that into consideration. And as we plan season three, we would love to hear some of the things that you are thinking about. Thank you so much for everybody who's tuned in. Tell your friends, rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts and be well, be safe. And we will connect with you back again in a little bit in season three. We'll see you in the fall. Jesse Krishna. Jesse Krishna. Vasudeva Sutam Devam Tansujanuramardanam Devaki Paramarandam Krishnam Vandev Jagat Guram 